everyone. This is Allison Banbury, and you're listening to The Midlife Muse. I'm back. Welcome to episode 12. I have to start, though, with an apology to y'all, my listeners, and to myself. I had been faithfully putting out an episode every Monday, and then I skipped two Mondays. The reasons why I skipped aren't super important. I'll just say that as I sit down to record today's episode, I'm holding both some disappointment in myself for not planning ahead better and also some self-compassion for the circumstances that knocked me off my schedule a little bit. Skipping a couple of episodes did yield one fun result, however, in that a loyal listener which I didn't even know I had, noticed the break in episodes and asked my husband about it. So I want to give a huge grateful shout out to Jessica for listening and for noticing. You made my day and your friend Ben will be co-hosting my next episode. So you can look forward to that on April 18th. So as ever, I'm going to embrace imperfection and press on my fellow perfectionists out there will appreciate I'm sure the effort that it takes to continue on with something after the plan or schedule has been interrupted because the instinct for me when that happens is always to either give up or start completely over so the plan can once again be perfect and unbroken But I'm going to move forward in the imperfect space that is this podcast. Ugh, it's it's hard, honestly. But to all of it, to the missed episodes, to my anxiety over the broken schedule, I'm going to say, then ipahi provlima, then ipahi provlima, in Greek, This phrase means no problem or there's nothing to worry about. Part of the reason I'm off my schedule is that I've just returned from an 11-day trip to Greece with several members of my family, not as many as we'd hoped. We started out with eight people going on this trip. One of them declined to get vaccinated, which was a requirement of the trip, so she couldn't go. One got sick with some as-yet-undiagnosed symptoms a month or so ago, and my sister tested positive for COVID three days before we left. Wah-wah. But five of us remained, and my mom, who paid for the trip, bless her generous heart, was there, two of my aunts, and one of my mom's cousins. So it was the trip of a lifetime on a cruise to several Greek islands, Santorini, Syros, Mykonos, a few others whose names I can't recall at the moment. So that's where I've been. And the short version, the obvious conclusion is that the trip was amazing. And I have several future podcasts lined up about the many insights I gained through the experience, but tonight's podcast is going to focus on the ship's lack of access to technology 
and how that proved to be both a blessing and a curse. So pre-departure information that we received warned those of us in the program of poor, sort of unreliable internet on the ship. But living in the time that we do, I dismiss these claims as being perhaps hyperbolic. I figured maybe the signal would be a little weak in certain places. Maybe we'd only have access to the internet when we were near a port and not while we were out in the open sea, which was mostly happening while we slept. So I didn't really think too much about it. And really, ahead of time, I thought, you know, what does it matter next to all that was in front of me? I was going to the Acropolis, for goodness sake. I was going to cruise the Aegean Sea. I was going to walk among ancient ruins and gain exposure to a new culture. I didn't need the internet. So I I did not really anticipate what turned out to be an almost complete cutoff from what I was used to. My family's cell phone plan that is such a great deal here in the USA, and I'm just going to pause to give a huge shout out to Metro PCS, who provides our family with six lines with unlimited data for only $150 a month. I love my Metro PCS plan, but they do not have any kind of option for an international calling plan. You can't like pay a little extra money that month or add it on. It's just not an option. So I knew there'd be no texting. I knew there'd be no direct calling, but we'd all downloaded WhatsApp and we just needed Wi-Fi. And as it turned out, the situation on board was, how do I put it, less than ideal. You could purchase Wi-Fi, but you paid by the megabyte. And I don't know how much y'all know about these things, but $45 for 75 megabytes is, is very steep. I don't know a lot about these things, So I made the mistake of purchasing that plan. And even though I was careful to compose emails ahead of time so that they just needed to send when I had Wi-Fi access, what happened, of course, for those of you who pay attention to these things, is that when I did access Wi-Fi, you know, all of the photos and larger files that had been sort of in limbo sent to me from other people came through on email and WhatsApp and all these spaces. And the bottom line is that those 75 megabytes lasted me less than 24 hours. And doing the math, I knew I could not do $45 times 10 more days. So after that, I was relegated to just borrowing municipal internet or cafe internet whenever we happened to be in town. Now, I've always been an enthusiastic traveler, starting with a month-long trip to Europe that I took the summer before my senior year in high school with our beloved humanities teacher and about 30 other students. That was an amazing experience. It led me to study Italian as my language in college. I spent a semester abroad in Florence, Italy. 
I've been to Mexico, Canada, all over Europe, Panama, Costa Rica, many places in the United States. I love travel. But traveling this far after going almost nowhere for two years and traveling during a pandemic, I felt a lot more vulnerable than I had in the past. There was uncertainty about whether or not I might contract COVID overseas and not be able to come home. I can tell you that when we took those tests the day before our departure and everyone in our group came back negative, there was a lot of cheering. (laughs) There was a lot of cheering, but it, it sort of weighs on you the whole time that you're gone and you wonder if it means you're going to be gone longer than you'd intended. There's the discomfort of being out and about every day in new settings, in an unfamiliar culture, in close proximity with others on tour buses and other enclosed spaces. My world has just become so small over the last two years that even to a pretty experienced traveler like me, it all just felt a lot more difficult than it had in the past. And the seven-hour time difference made it even more complicated because Even when Wi-Fi was available in a port, the folks back home with whom I might want to communicate were often sound asleep or at work or in class. It was just tough. It was tough. But I eventually adapted. Travel is about nothing if not adaptability. And after a few days of like confusion and... Rage is probably too strong a word, but I was not happy with this situation. (laughs) Um, But I began composing emails and voice messages that could be downloaded later, kind of arriving in my friends' and loved ones' inboxes while they slept, kind of like the tooth fairy. And in this way, I was gradually kind of able to close the miles between us, and I felt tethered once again to my home country and to the folks I'd left behind. But I remained just kind of surprised by how much of a need it was to keep those connections. And I've been reflecting on it because there's definitely, there's been times in my life when getting away really felt like a relief. It felt like an escape from some aspect of my life that I was unhappy with or a partner I was unhappy with. But to notice how much I truly missed my husband and missed talking to him, how much I missed being able to communicate with my kids. I even missed some of my coworkers. That was a nice feeling to, to recognize. It was frustrating to get to that feeling, but it was still nice. Um, And and also, you know, spending a semester in Italy when I was 19 years old uh, felt very different than being apart from my family at age 51. At 19, I turned 20 um, that semester when I was in Italy. I had no real, like, personal attachments to worry about. Even my two best friends from college were also abroad that same semester. They were in Paris. 
I spent Thanksgiving in Paris that year with with the two of them. So really everything I had or needed was was with me. And of course, Italy in 1990, you know, in Italy, I didn't even have a cell phone. I had not yet ever owned a cell phone. I didn't have a laptop. There was no access to the internet. So airmail and the very occasional long distance phone call. Like I maybe made two or three phone calls that entire semester um, to the United States. These were the only ways I could keep in touch. And it's kind of interesting, isn't it, how the ability to connect creates or at least kind of contributes to the need to connect. It's kind of like donuts. I don't need donuts, but when I have the ability to eat one, like a colleague sends out an email saying that there's donuts in the staff kitchen, all of a sudden I need a donut, right? I think some of you can probably relate to that. But one thing I didn't need, and I, I found this really interesting and enlightening, one thing I didn't need from technology was all of the time-wasting stuff I do at home, surfing the internet, scrolling mindlessly through Facebook, getting caught up on the lives of people I haven't talked to in 20 years, binging on Netflix, watching programs I've DVR'd. You know, I I just noticed that when technology became distilled down to bare necessities and I only had these really fleeting moments in which I could access technology like we were walking by a cafe where where I could access it um, or you know we were in port and I could quickly access it before my field trip took off or whatever when I only had those fleeting moments all that was necessary all that mattered was being in touch with my husband my kids, and a few friends. I did not watch a stitch of television for 12 days. It was glorious. I didn't miss it at all. I didn't even think about it, honestly. Instead, I attended lectures on ancient civilizations and cultural artifacts. I sunbathed on the Lido deck which listeners of a certain age may associate with the love boat. Y'all remember that show? Cruise director Julie McCoy was forever meeting people on the Lido deck. And I've never been on a cruise before. And I was delighted to learn that our ship, the Aegean Odyssey, had its own Lido deck. But I looked it up later. It's really not that unusual. I... I looked it up and Lido is an Italian word for beach. And it's, it sounds like cruise ships always call their deck that has the pool, the Lido deck. So it wasn't that unusual, but I thought it was super exciting. So any hoozle, um, I read books. The trip had a book club associated with it and We all read the same book, and I got to attend that book club with four members of my family, which was super fun. I composed, you know, long emails to my husband, 
I wandered the streets of Mykonos, my feet treading upon marble, marble streets, y'all, marble streets. And I was just soaking in the culture and I didn't miss that technology, like that mindless internet scrolling, Netflix, 90 Day Fiance. I did not miss that at all. Not for nothing, though, I did blow out my 20-year-old electricity converter on the first day, and I had to survive the entire trip without my flat iron. I did miss my flat iron. I was very happy when I got home to discover that I had not broken the flat iron, just the converter. (sighs) It was a close call, everyone. So not everyone has a wealthy and generous mother who's able to fund a trip so grand that it takes you out of the United States and so far away from land that you're forced to take a vacation from the internet. But we all have access to this experiment. My backyard may not have a view of the Aegean, but I have a deck and I have sunshine and fresh air. I don't know if there are streets of marble anywhere in Maryland, but I know there's streets in neighborhoods and nearby towns whose cultures and and sort of local flavor I've not yet absorbed, or even my own neighborhood streets that I could explore with a little bit more intentionality and maybe kind of look at them through the eyes of a visitor. I am resolved I really rediscovered the joy of being involved in a good book in my in my pre-cruise life. Really, the only time I read was right before bed. And I'm really tired at that time. I can only read a few pages at a time. But when you read in the middle of the day, <laughs> you can read for so much longer. You can really get into a book. So it's been a long time since I did that. So... I'm resolved to have a book downstairs and not just on my bedside table. So I have a a handy alternative to the television or internet when I need to rest my brain for a minute or just entertain myself on a lunch break. I don't know if y'all remember when the book Eat, Pray, Love came out and everyone was like, well, yeah, if I had a year to fund a self-improvement journey to Italy, India, and Bali, I'd be on that in a heartbeat. But I don't. So does that mean no eating, praying, or loving for me? And so folks started to talk about ways to incorporate Elizabeth Gilbert's ideas into everyday life. And that's what I'm doing here. You know, if I found value in being unplugged on this trip to Greece, how can I, how can all of us manifest that value at home? And I think you can just Start small, you know, maybe unplugging an hour before bedtime or eating at the table instead of in front of the TV or allowing yourself, you know, 10 minutes a day to scroll on Facebook once a day, but no more than that. You know, get your quick fix, see what's what's happening, but don't just, you know, in a you know, sort of dull moment, just start the scroll because you can really go down a rabbit hole there. Um, Yeah, I mean, take a moment right now as you're listening or driving or whatever you're doing and just picture in your mind's eye 
the way, or maybe there's more than one way in which you waste precious time on your electronic devices. Have you thought of something? I'm sure you have. And I'm not suggesting that you replace that something with like productivity with a capital P. You don't have to go to the gym or anything in the time that you would normally be watching a show on Netflix, but maybe consider relaxing in a more organic way. You know, take a nap, read a book, walk out onto your back porch and just take some deep breaths of fresh air. Call a friend that you haven't connected with in a while. Make some tea, listen to music. Technology is so, so powerful. It's a way we can all feel connected to one another, even when we're separated by thousands of miles and multiple time zones and vast, deep oceans. I really tried not to think about how deep and vast the ocean was. The ocean scares me a little bit. but it, And it's wonderful that we can be connected across those kinds of distances. But when it's so readily accessible, technology can also tempt us with an easy way out, a convenient way to kind of tune out for a minute or an hour or an evening when what might really recharge us is something very different. So I just want to urge my listeners this week to take a moment to appreciate the connection provided by technology and to also find some time to unplug and just, you know, see what emerges in that empty space. Thank you for listening.